And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father through the Son and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, do you remember the song from the 70s? Okay, hang in there. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Okay, if that offends you because you're woke, do me a favor and go back to bed. We need to contend for our faith. Physically, no. Spiritually, yes. We have an immovable truth on our side. The world and the false prophets only have worldly wisdom. In reality, their wisdom, according to God, is simply foolishness. Next, are we looking for a fight? Aha, that's different. In today's political tornadoes, people take a position and they're ready for combat. There's a difference between arguing, reasoning, and debating. There's a difference between arguing, reasoning, and debating. No, there isn't. Okay. The goal is not to crush the enemy. The goal is to advance the kingdom of God, not any kingdom of people. The kingdom of God. Don't get stuck in the wrong war. And finally, finally, back to our great friend. That's right. Here we go again. Back to our great friend, Pastor Ray, as we try Ray on another day. That's a joke, I say, because we don't need a special day to review Pastor Ray. Any day is a good day for Pastor Ray and what he has to say. And that's because Pastor Ray is much better than A-OK. He's a blessing in every way. And that helps us say, thank you, Pastor Ray. Thank you. Okay. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oeve, so much more. You know what my grandma, she'd go, now this is real, oeve, <laughs> classic, oeve, David's not moving, he's sitting still, he must be sick, oeve, okay. Uh, just keep in mind a couple of things, folks. This is not professional radio, I think we've proven that, I think Every show we've ever done is proof that it's not professional radio. This is a show that we're that we have put ourselves into to encourage and strengthen one another as we see the day approaching. We know the Lord is coming back sooner and sooner. Every day makes it just that much closer. But while that's taking place, we need to strengthen one another, bless one another, lift one another up. We need to be praying because we are the people of God, the children of God, and we're going to be spending eternity together. So for some of you, this is kind of like a nice intro to meet other people. 
That's a great way to think of it. If you have something that you want to share, if you've got something like a thought, an opinion, a comment, if you've got a question, if you have a prayer request or a praise report, we want you to reach out to us. The way you do that is you can either email us, david at hemustincrease.org. It does come live during the show on my $1.19 Chromebook right in front of me. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, you will end up talking to Captain Chris first. If you talk to Captain Chris, then you know you are sailing in the right direction. You can also use these ways of contacting us, david at hemustincrease.org, email 214-210-8483, text, or uh, 972-445-0770 to answer trivia questions like this one. This is a classic. What was the sign of God's covenant with Abraham? Mm. What was it? Can we play that sound you have for that uh, brilliant Bible Bible trivia. (laughs) I don't know why I like that. It just sounds funny. Okay. Hold on. I'm taking a sip of tea. All right. So uh, what was the covenant? uh, What was the sign of that covenant that God had made with Abraham? Uh, Should be pretty straightforward and not overly complex. Reach out to us if you think you know what the answer is. Again, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Let's do a real quick... We should. We didn't do our DNA the last uh, show, or last 30 minutes, last show. So let's do that real fast. DNA is what you're made of. You should be operating in every single day. And the D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Hence the every single day. See how that worked? <laughs> it was a good setup. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. You don't have to understand every simple or, or complex theology. That's not what the requirement is. The Lord knows what he says. The Lord knows what he's doing. Believe me, he's God. He knows how to talk. It's amazing. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means you're not just thinking about your entire universe and what's uh, going on for dinner just for you, but you're also aware of other people and their needs, and you're sensitive. And in that capacity, you want to be sensitive to the Lord so you can be a vessel or a vehicle of his love and his blessing. So that's why you operate in the Christian DNA. There's other DNAs, but that's the one we use, and we hope that it blesses you. Okay, we did that. We did that. Is there anything else we got to cover? Yeah. I'm just hitting everything. Boom, 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 boom. I'm in a good mood. Yeah. I had some, I was listening to my brother's, uh, my brother has a couple of CDs out. I was listening to some of his music on the way. And some of the stuff I really like. Especially when he took the words that I wrote on one song and made a song out of it. <laughs> I like it. Sorry. <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to talk about the differences uh, between uh, fighting and fighting. This is kind of the way I'm going to put it. So Jude, Jude, verse 3 says this, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. The word contend is a wonderful word. It means to contend about a thing as in you are contending for it. 
It's like, oh, that's what it means? Yeah, you contend for it. What we're talking about is contending for the faith. Why is that important? If you've watched TV for any length of time or listened to the radio or got on the Internet or read a magazine or a newspaper, you will notice that people will often bring in faith without any context, and they bring it in to bolster their points, even though it rarely reflects what the Scripture was talking about. That has to do with people abusing the faith for their own selfish gains, and we as Christians should know the Word of God well enough that when somebody does that, we call out shenanigans, shenanigans. Because when somebody says something that's wrong, you have to be able to identify that. You should know the Word of God well enough. People will do—this happens. How often does this happen? People that say—by the way, this is a classic. Don't judge me, man. The Bible says don't judge me, man. Well, first of all, the person saying that to you just judged you that you are judging them. Okay, that's number one. So if you want to have fun with it, you go, you're judging me by saying that. That's the first thing you say. But the second thing is when the Bible says judge not, it's talking about hypocritical judgment, not judgment of itself, evaluating, making determinations, but it's talking about people operating as hypocrites, judging others, and then giving yourself a pass on the exact same thing. Not okay. Okay, got it. So the the fact is that we need to know the word so that if people don't just get to do bits and pieces of the word and then throw them out because you know what? They're trying to either dilute or manipulate or pervert exactly what Paul used as the word, pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our job is to declare what that truth is, what that gospel is, without reservation, without hesitation. If people don't like it, this is the response. Oh, well. Yeah, you know, If you're a person that wants everybody to like you, you lost before you started. Because A, that's never going to happen. And B, why? Why do you want everybody to like you? Think of that. Why? Well, I want everybody to think I'm really terrific. You're not terrific. You already know you're not terrific. Stop doing that. Why don't you just live for the one who gives life and then let everything else fall into place? Going back to contending for our faith, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 7 through 9 says this, Yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. The head of Aram in Damascus and the head of Damascus is is only resin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim in Samaria and the head of Samaria is only Ramali's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Oh. Bazinga. I mean, just that. if you do not stand firm in your faith, you won't stand at all. Stop mixing your faith with all the other things. All the other, and we're going to talk about that in the next segment. You stand firm in your faith. Your faith is first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else should be added unto you. First, the kingdom of God. First, the things of God. First, the faith that has been once and for all delivered to the saints. Okay? All right. The answer to the trivia... Did you think I was going to get there? You probably knew I was going to get there. The answer to trivia, by the way, what was the sign between God and Abraham? And I will tell you as a Jewish man, unfortunately, it was circumcision. And you might be thinking, well, what do you mean unfortunately? Well, I think many Jewish people have looked up to God and said, what? 
What? We're doing what? Okay, we'll take our break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. Dr. Robert Jeffress on hell. I had a lady one time, uh, we did a Q&A session in our church, we call Ask the Pastor. Usually I know what they're going to ask, but this lady raised her hand and she said, Pastor, if a woman is pregnant at the rapture, does that mean she will be pregnant throughout eternity? <laughs> and I paused for a second, and I said, yes, it's called hell. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, that's brutal. Mean, there are some unanswered questions about all of this, but I do think we can know we're going to know one another. The David Spoon Experience. The Christian faith is being attacked. Fifty years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. On Christ the the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't forget, it's KAAMEN, the truth station. That's kind of a nice way. I think Don did a good job on that one. All right. Uh, here's your trivia question, but we will play the horn for this one. Uh-oh. All right, folks. You got a 50-50 shot. <laughs> 
That's all I'm going to say. Listen to the whole question. True or false, Abraham took Lot, who was his cousin, with him when he left his country. True or false? There it is. Abraham took Lot, who was his cousin, with him when he left the country. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483. Then you can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Every person who's texting in is getting it correct. <laughs> Just everyone across the board. Going, ah, ah. Okay. Uh, we will answer that if nobody calls in in a little bit. In the meantime, I've got these. I think now. I think they're humorous. Is that is that okay that I think that is that or is that? I mean, you can think that. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. I give you that one right there. Uh, now, many people have heard like uh, 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 Jeff Foxworthy, like you might be a redneck kind of thing, or you might be this, you might be this. So it's, he's just got one of these that's uh, for missionaries. <laughs> it's like, really? Yeah, I have to do this. Seriously? You or your parents might be a missionary if, and then this, right? Okay. You speak two or more languages but can't spell in either one of them. That's number one. <laughs> two, uh, you or your parents might be a missionary if you have a name in at least two different languages and it's not the same one. <laughs> That's so good. If you don't think that an hour and a half or more is a long sermon. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you or your parents might be a missionary if you haggle with a checkout girl for a lower price on everything. You or your parents might be a missionary if fitting 15 or more people into a car, small van, or a pickup seems normal to you. You might be a missionary if you cruise the internet looking for the fonts that support your native language's alphabet. You might be a missionary if you realize that furlough is not a vacation. And my absolute favorite one is you or your parents might be a missionary if you can cut the grass with a machete but can't start a lawnmower. <laughs> I liked them. I don't know. It's just one of those. How weird is that? <laughs> Come on. If you can't you can speak in two languages, can't spell in either <laughs> I'm easily amused. Do we got somebody answering the trivia question? All right, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is Terry. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing so much better than, let's say, two weeks ago. <laughs> Great. Great. I know. I'm so happy about it. It's like, oh, my goodness. Okay. This is a, we did blow the horn on this one, so we want to make sure this is a unique question. Uh, true or false, Abraham took Lot who was his cousin, with him when he left the country. True or false? False. That is Lot correct! Was his nephew. That is correct, Amundo! Lot was his nephew. He was the son of Haran, who was, it was Abraham's brother. So he was his nephew. And it's like exactly, exactly correct. And see, a lot of people just listen to that and go, oh, that sounds good. And uh, one time in church, I did do this. I know you're not supposed to do this. But I said, turn to the book of Hezekiah. And you should have seen people flipping pages. It's like, there is no, <laughs> there is no book of Hezekiah, people. It's like one of those things. It's like, it just sounds right. Yeah. Excellent yeah. job. Very, very good. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I enjoy your show. Thank you so much. Thank you. God oh, bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Awesome job. Fantastic.
That's right. Everybody and everybody who did on the on the text, every person got a raise. Like, no, no, nephew, 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 no, no, nay. I got a nay. <laughs> nay. I say nay. You got a horse texting you? Yeah, I got a horse text. <laughs> a horse text. <laughs> uh, you know who that's from? Wilbur. <laughs> Come on. Ping. There you go. All right. I'm enjoying myself. Everybody laugh. All right, Jude. So we just did Jude verse 3, and we talked about contending the faith. Now I want to go to the other side of that same argument. So you contend for the faith in the sense that you stand by it, you defend it. You don't just, you know, you don't let people rearrange the faith. You don't let people rearrange Scripture because they feel like rearranging Scripture. That's people that take one or two verses so out of, far out of context that they make up their own idea with it or their own concept with it. It was like, no, 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 no. Not okay. None of that's okay. But I want to show you something that's different in the same letter that's amazing. This is Jude verse 9, the first part of uh, verse 9. Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses. So I want to I wanted to stop right there and give you a kind of a, a kind of a connective hint. Here you have Michael the archangel who is very it's fair to say he's very powerful. How powerful? When it was time to, if you look at Revelation, time for Satan to be thrown out of heaven, God didn't bother. <laughs> he said, all right, Michael, throw him out. And Michael threw him out. So it's like, okay, we this guy, I mean, this is a, an unbelievable, powerful being, right? But in his process, he didn't, he got into a dispute. He got into an argument, right? And he did this with Satan. So now you have the devil arguing with Michael about the body of Moses, and some people are like, well, what is that all about? And it's it's well-received. I don't know if you can verify, but it's well-received that if Israel had any chance to find the bones of Moses, uh, find his body, they'd have worshipped it in a second. So for, for them, it was like, we're just going to move all this stuff out of here. You know, it's that kind of thing. But there's a big difference between reasoning, debating, arguing, or having an argument and being argumentative. You see that? Watch that. Moses, Elijah, Jesus, the 12 apostles, Paul, the archangel, Michael, had disagreements and arguments with people and other beings. But they weren't argumentative. And you think, well, what are you talking about? This You have an argument, you're argumentative. No, that's not the case. People that have a grudging or a contentious spirit. In fact, it's Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 in the Weymouth New Testament. Say, be on your guard against a grudging or contentious spirit. That word is argumentative. There are some people that have an argumentative spirit. They just want to argue. Everybody knows those people. If you came to my house 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, and you sat down with us at Thanksgiving in a Jewish Jewish holiday for, for an American holiday, a Jewish gathering for an American holiday, you would understand what argumentative is because everybody wants to argue just to argue. <laughs> like, so how it is on the, all the time. The problem is you don't want to have an argumentative spirit, which means that you're ready to lunge or attack or tell people how right and smart you are at the drop of a hat. Do you know that the smartest people, according to Proverbs, hold their words? See that? See that? Oh, now, Dave, that just ruins everything. I know. I know. 
I mean, in my family, it's just, you know, it's, and it's, it's difficult. So for those that don't know, and I'm sure I'm probably the only Christian that does this too. Every once in a while, you know, somebody will say something, and then in my mind, I have that argument. <laughs> Did you ever have that happen? Where like somebody will say something super stupid, and you're just like, you know, if I was there, I would just stand up. You know, if I was like uh, listening to them, I'd go blah, 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 and they would respond this, and I'd go blah, 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 blah. That's me being argumentative in my brain, okay? That's not good. You don't want to have that attitude that's ready to fight at the drop of a hat. And you want to talk about a bad area that that's popping up in for Christians, and I mean Christians, has a lot to do with our political tornadoes that are going on. Everybody's ready for a position of combat, right? I mean, there's a difference between disagreeing and just wanting to crush your enemy, and we're right. I could say one word, it would split this. I wouldn't split the audience in half, but it would split a lot of things you know, in different directions. I have to just say this word. Ready? Ready? I'll just say I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to say the word vaccine. If the hair went up on the back of your neck after I said that word, you're getting a little argumentative <laughs> because all I said was a word. You see? You see, though? So what we should be is ready to defend the faith, ready to stand by the truth, not mixing that idea or that ideology of contending for the faith with contending for worldly things. It's just the wrong war. If you want to take a position and you're committed to it, I support you in that. If you want to stand firm and you've got that between you and God, I support you in that. But if you try and take that position and equal that to the kingdom of God, you and I are going to have a discussion. And it's not going to be an argument or reasoning. I'm just going to hit you with the Bible. It's, it's kind of like careful because there's the kingdom of God which precedes America and will post-seed or follow America if America falls apart, right? I mean, it's, it's Christianity. if America falls apart tomorrow, Christianity's not stopping. That ain't going to happen. So let's at least – I'm very blessed. Love this country. It is, I've been to other countries. This country is way, way, way better than other countries. But it's not heaven. So careful, right? The reason I'm saying that is don't be ready to argue at a drop of a hat. Stand in your truth. Don't be movable like like wishy-washy, but don't be arrogant and you just want to plow somebody's head in because you're right and they're wrong. That's wrong, too. Come on. All right? All right. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Take a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life it feels like I've been running. What is the David Spoon Experience? I got this this morning, and uh, and it came from Alice Coleman. And I just want to say, she said it's a praise report to share. So I am assuming it's okay to share since it's a praise report to share. I kind of go with it. And I want to read it, if that's okay. And I just want you to hear how brothers and sisters petition. I mean, petition the Lord. And there's times where God says, yes. Listen to this. 
And she even writes it. Uh, beautifully, beautiful job by Alice, by the way. This uh, may seem like a minor issue, but it could have gotten much worse quickly. I'm, fo- I'm fostering Mama Cat and her four kittens until they're ready to go to their forever homes. On Tuesday, I got a bit too close to the Mama Cat, and she swatted my hand. I had a few scratches, so I cleaned them up and applied antibiotics. In just a few hours, I had a swollen hand, red with infection, and it spread beyond my wrist. My doctor had same-day appointments if needed. However, I didn't have my car since it was being repaired. The only thing left was for me to pray for healing for my hand. Isn't that amazing that sometimes you're in the position and the, the, the only thing left to do is call upon God? She writes, as I watched the infection spread over my hand, my hand began to throb. I knew I needed help. I asked God for healing over and over again. On Wednesday, it looked really bad, and I kept asking God for healing. Let me just commend Alice for push, pushing until something happens. About mid-morning on Wednesday, my hand quit throbbing. Then I noticed that the infection was no longer spreading. Later Wednesday, the infection seemed to be getting smaller. By Wednesday evening, it was definitely clearing up. By bedtime, the infection was gone away. Thursday morning, the infection was completely gone. I praise God for healing the infection. It was only by his intervention that my hand was healed. It's amazing that our great and holy father can care so much that he is willing to heal a hand infection of one of his children. I think that's a fantastic testimony. So mega props, mega props to Alice for doing that. Great job. And I hope that was okay that I shared it. And see, the point is you can pray. You can approach the Lord. And the Lord, you know what? He might say no. I like what Troy said. Sometimes God will say no. It's like that's the end of it. You're done. But sometimes he allows you to keep petitioning. And the reason he does is because the more you pursue him, the closer connected to him you become. And more of your genuine, real faith has to emerge. See, if you just asked and God did it every time you just asked one time, it'd be like God would be like a genie. Well, God's not a genie. He's your heavenly father, needs to be pursued, wants to have a wonderful relationship with you. And so the more you pursue, the more he gets to spend time with you, which is what he wants in the first place, what he wanted with Adam and Eve. The David Spoon Experience. And if you can't shout sight, Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station. By the way, that's KAA Men. Double A Men 770. That's right. I just like the plug. All right, here we go. Here's the next trivia question. Tougher. Okay, this is a tougher question. So don't know. Last one was this a little tougher. Who was Abraham's father? Not talking about God being the father. Who was his dad? Okay. <laughs> Cap Chris, I know. <laughs> He's ready to answer. No, no, no. I need the actual, his father. Okay. You just want to look in the early Genesis era, era, areas. Era. Go into Genesis. You'll find it. It's not that difficult to find. If you think you know the answer, by the way, uh, where'd my piece of paper go with the phone number? There it is. Uh, 972-445-0770. Wouldn't you think I would know that by now? You'd be wrong. Uh, 972-445-0770. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, David, at he must increase dot 
org. That's david at he must increase.org. Got our history ready to go. Trivia question Who was Abraham's father? Talking about his actual earthly father. Hello. Uh, I already told your brother is their brother's name, so now you don't have far to go. Uh, let's play our history song. Let's go Okay, so for people that don't understand why we play that song, it's funny. Okay, every every question you'll ever ask me, that's probably what you're gonna get back. Well, it's it's either Bible or funny. Or funny, funny according to who? Uh, me. <laughs> that's all right. Ready? Uh, it's National Gumbo Day. You like gumbo? You know Gumbo's that? good. Okay, that's, uh, we're good with that. Uh, it's pulled pork day. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Yummy, right? I love pulled pork. I mean, I love it. Okay. Uh, it is also cookbook launch day, which I think has to do with, like, launching a cookbook or something. I don't know. Maybe it's a Betty Crocker thing. I'm not sure what's going on there. And then it's moment of frustration day, which I'm not sure how you can make a day out of a moment. Like, a moment of frustration. Like, you what? try driving home during rush hour? Yes, that's true. <laughs> well, then that should be moment of frustration from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. or from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. <laughs> Give us some hours on that. That would, that would be good. Uh, 1869, on this day, the pipe wrench was patented. Not something that many of you would probably remember. In 1892, the Pledge of Allegiance is first recited by students in the United States public schools. And I remember talking about this before. This is a classic. In 1901, the first non-religious record, the first non-religious record is made. Do you know what the song was? Three Blind Mice. That's the first non-religious record ever recorded. Okay. Okay. I'm just, I'm going to move it over there. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Uh, for those that uh, we did this thing, and we'll probably do it again, but uh, I don't know if you recognize, but some of the fairy tales, you know, they have this English component to it. And I, I, I don't care that much about, you know, like, because they're trying to relate it to English things that have happened and so on. But Three Blind Mice. They're chasing after the farmer's wife. First of all, there's just nothing but dimension in all of these things. And that's what you're teaching the kids. Stop doing that. And, and she's going after them with a knife. And it's just like, what is going on around here? What is wrong with all you people? All right. Talk about that some other time. Uh, we're going to do Pastor Ray uh, real quickly. Uh, he has a really good piece on this forgiveness without end, so we're going to do that. Again, the question is, who was Abraham's father? If you think you know the answer, you can... Call in at 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. By the way, that does lead us to the website, hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook. He must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, so I'm doing another Pastor Ray uh, devotion. He's had some really, really good ones. This one's a little older, but, you know, always good. If I'm pulling it up on this show, you know I like it. I mean, that's a nice way to say that. Uh, Matthew 18, 21. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Ooh. The relatives of worshipers slain 
in June 2015 inside a historic African-American church in Charleston, South Carolina, were able to speak directly to the accused gunman at his first court appearance. So if you guys remember in 2015, uh, somebody went into the African-American church and, and was killing and killed a bunch of people. So now the family has a chance to address that or address that person. Okay, serious stuff. We are a family that built itself on love. We have no room for hating. So we have to forgive, said one sister of one of the victims. I forgive you. You took something very precious for me. I will never talk to her again. I will never, ever hold her again. But I forgive you and have mercy on your soul said the daughter of victim one. One by one, those who chose to speak did not turn to anger. Instead, they offered him forgiveness and said they were praying for his soul, even as they described the pain of their loss. Though he will face justice, he will also have experienced forgiving grace. Ray writes, could you forgive like that? And then he writes, I know I would struggle. I am deeply touched and convicted by this act of forgiveness, which is what Jesus taught. Peter came to him one day and asked Jesus how many times he was required to forgive. Up to seven times, he asked, hopefully. The rabbis at that time made decisions on such issues based on discussions and debate, tradition, and consensus of thinking. They had made three the required number of times to forgive. Peter was probably trying to impress Jesus with suggesting seven. But Jesus went beyond the religious community and their traditions and requirements. He included all of humanity in his answer to Peter. I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. These numbers in the Hebrew traditions represent completeness and forgiveness without end, forever, eternal, unending, and inexhaustible, only begin to describe God's capacity for forgiveness, his gift to us. I pray that we can learn to forgive and be forgiven. Then we are truly living and experiencing God's grace. C.S. Lewis wrote, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Like, wow, right? I mean, that is, that's just like great stuff, right? So here's that bottom line, okay? We have been forgiven so much. But in order to extend that level of forgiveness, we need to receive it. In other words, you can't give what you don't have. You can't give, and, and so you have to do this with God. In order to get from God, you have to receive it. You're not going to earn it. You don't deserve it. This guy could never possibly deserve it. But they granted it to him. And by grace, we hope he received it. What I would encourage you to be aware of is that the people closest to us get the least amount of forgiveness because we expect so much from them and that we would flip that around and that the people who are close to you would receive the great depth of your heart 
as you would want God to do towards you. Be that vehicle of grace and mercy and forgiveness and change a person's life just like Jesus changed yours when he gave you grace, mercy, and forgiveness. All right? That's fair. Okay, we do have somebody who's going to answer the trivia question, so I'm going to lean over. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Dan. Hey, brother. How are you? Excellent. Oh, it's great to hear your voice. Wonderful to hear your voice. I, I've, I've missed glad. you. I'm glad your link's getting better. Yeah. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for asking. It's been it's been an interesting challenge, but definitely one that's victorious. So I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm very yeah. pleased with that. All right, we got a we got a straightforward. Who was Abraham's father? Do you know the answer to that one, brother? I think it's Tara. That, that is correct. Tara, T-E-R-A-H. And so that is 100% correct. And Haran was his brother. But Tara was the father of Abraham. And it uh, doesn't seem like he really got God the way that Abraham did. But it's an amazing story that they went out together and that Abraham left and followed after the Lord and actually became the father of many nations through the faith he exhibited. So did you know that right away, or did you have to look it up? I had to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great to hear your voice. It is. I haven't heard for, for a while, and it's just a pleasure to, to have you call in. I'm out here messing around. Okay. I will I will I will keep you in prayer and pray that the Lord blesses you on a regular basis, my brother. Thank you, and you too. God bless, bless you. God bless you. Bye bye. All right. So Taylor has the answer. Uh you don't have to say it perfectly. I mean people If we were giving away a million dollars you would. But we would have to use the Steve Martin theory of making a million dollars in real estate. You know what that is? First you get a million dollars. Thank you very much. We're closed on Mondays. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a short break, then we'll come back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then, the show starts. And you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? So the situation uh, for the woman turned out to be fine. But remember, he's there with Jairus, and Jairus' daughter is dying. Uh, Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. This is a situation for Jairus that went from worse 
to the worst. All right, you know how we said it can go from bad to worse? We were talking about that. Well, it can go from bad to worse to the worst. And this is the worst. The guy's daughter died. Oh, she wasn't just really sick. She died dead. And they even said to her, "What? there's no point in talking to this guy anymore. This is over. Situation done. And that's how a lot of us process situation done. But then Jesus does what Jesus does because he's so amazing. He overheard what they said to him. They didn't say it to Jesus. They said it to the guy. They said it to, to Jairus. Right? And they said to him, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus said to, to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. So there are three things that you just you can't miss this. Number one, Jesus is telling the guy whose daughter just died, ignore them. It's like, can you imagine? Okay. Uh, the doctor just pronounced her dead. Yeah, ignore that guy. <laughs> what? He's the doctor. Ignore that guy. That's just like the blind man who are like people are telling him, be quiet, stop it, stop it, and he shouts out all the more. It's at some point you just got to ignore any external noise that hasn't been sanctioned by God and just go, yeah, I'm not paying attention to that. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station, which is also KAAMEN, the Truth Station. That's right. That's right. Here's your last trivia question. A very difficult question. Very. Very. You know, we have really top people watching this. What kind of people? Top. Here it is. When Abraham prepared to sacrifice Isaac and bound him up and placed him on the altar, what was between Isaac and the altar? Whoa! Dave waits till question number five in the show to break out the big guns. Thank you. All right. Here it is. When Abraham prepared. Oh, Joanne and Cordelia. Boom! I didn't even get to repeat it. They already hit. When Abraham prepared to sacrifice Isaac, uh, bound Isaac and placed him on the altar, what was between Isaac and the altar? And then if we don't have a call in on this, I'm going to mention something about it. Uh, you want to call in if you're going to call 972-445-0770, or you want to text in 214-210-8483. Or you want to send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. I can always tell when I ask a tougher question because of how fewer texts come in. So, again, I will ask that question. And it's worth it's worth looking at. Kurt stepped up there and, bam, nailed it out. Uh, when Abraham prepared to sacrifice Isaac, bound Isaac, placed him on the altar, what was between Isaac and the altar? <laughs> uh, in the meantime, I think we probably should do a Hebrew word. It's been a little while. So we're going to do a Hebrew word real fast, so let's have our Hebrew music.
There you go. Matzo balls. But that, that's if you're Jewish. All right. Uh, here it is. The scripture is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's the Hebrew word echad. Echad. One, a unit, a unity. Echad comes from the roof echad. To bring together, to unify, to collect one's thoughts serves to portray the same range of meaning as one, as in the English definition of the word one. And so that's the Hebrew word, and I want you to hear it because it's the Lord our God. Our The Lord our God is one, echad, even though he manifests himself in other elements for us to understand him a little better because we're not that bright. So he helps us out. That's what he does it for. Okay, uh, question is out there, on there. Uh, laying it before you, and then we're going to go into the teaching. When Abraham prepared the sac to sacrifice Isaac, he bound Isaac and placed him on the altar. What was between Isaac and the altar is the last question. In the meantime, we'll get it. Did we cover everything? Did we do pretty much everything? Okay. Remind me on the trivia so I don't forget, because otherwise we'll have to start tomorrow's show with it. <laughs> okay. I want to talk to you about the difference of in and upon. Not a pond. In and upon. U-P-O-N. Okay, Acts chapter 1, verse 7 through 8. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So there is a There's a couple of different or divergent teachings about the Holy Spirit and his engagement with us. Remember, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Whenever you're you're worshiping, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, then you start saying you're actually worshiping the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So have you ever sang that song before? That just helped. Nobody ever complains about that, by the way. Everybody's like, okay, I get that, right? The Holy Spirit comes upon you and I, and the Holy Spirit lives inside you and I. Now you got to think, wait a minute. That's very charismatic-ish. No, actually, that distinction comes from Baptist theology, which is uh, the ultimate irony. Uh, The upon is the power to witness and what is needed for ministry circumstances. So the Holy Spirit falls out on people. The Holy Spirit accompanies the gospel. The Holy Spirit pours out on people, and then they become witnesses to Jesus. Got it. Now, there's a difference between that and being inside of you. The Holy Spirit inside of you strengthens you, gives you the ability uh, to be uh, walk like Jesus from a characteristic point of view. So when it says be filled with the Holy Spirit, it must mean that there's something taking place where the Holy Spirit's not staying at the highest level. Something's going on where you have to be filled, so we must be, quote-unquote, spending it, leaking it, whatever's going on. It's we're dropping something somewhere. A lot of people get offended at that, which, I, I mean, really? I mean, seriously, that, that's that's going to offend you? Please f- find something good to be offended about. Uh, the bottom line is the Holy Spirit lives inside us. The Holy Spirit's with us through salvation. The Holy Spirit increases inside of us as 
we are also walking more and more like Jesus. That means that more and more the Holy Spirit is working inside of us. That's the in part. But the upon part is for ministry. If you want to have fun, a little bit of fun, go through church history and find out what all what happened during all the greatest movements of all the great men and women of God when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. It's like this, you just read a whole book on revival. It's like, what is going on? But in the meantime, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. He never departs you. He never shrinks to the point where he's not inside you. But we can quench the Spirit, can't we? The Scripture says, do not quench him. How do you quench the Holy Spirit? By sin. And if you're going to sin, you're quenching the Holy Spirit. If you're going to sin, you're going to grieve, or the, the Greek word means to make sad. You're going to make sad the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. So people say, well, do we leak or do we spend it? Uh, or to, well, you know, how do you want to do that? And it's like some people perceive it as when you sin or when you do something wrong, there's the leakage part. When you minister, there's the, the spending it part. When the Holy Spirit's upon you, you spend. When the Holy Spirit's inside you, you leak. And people are like, well, that'll never, he'll never depart from you. Nobody said anything about departing. We're simply, t- the way that I use this illustration, and maybe you can appreciate this, I did this in church and got in trouble. I took a large styrofoam cup, and I poured, I said, put the cup, and I put me on the cup. Then I took a thing of water and poured it in the cup. And then on the, on the jug of water, it said, Holy Spirit. Okay. okay. And then what I did was I punched a hole right at about the three-quarter mark. And this is what happens when you spend your life ministering. You feel kind of drained, and you need to be filled back up. So then I put a little plug in the hole and put the water back in. But when you sin, and I punched a hole lower, <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> and it's like, I never punched the hole so low that there wasn't water, but I punched the hole low enough, low, the hole low enough in the cup to show that's a drainage. There's a problem there. That's what happens when we sin. We, we bring down the level of, of the freeness that the Spirit has in our lives because we're operating in something God does not operate in which is sin. It's like, oh, yeah, that's bad. We can't do that. Right. Are you forgiven? Of course. Did the Holy Spirit depart from you forever? No. Although David did say, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I, I don't think that there's anything in the New Testament that gives us that indication that way. But what is important is this. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit on the inside and a vessel of the Holy Spirit on the outside so that we can be ministers of the gospel inside and out. We need to have all of us ready, willing, able, and prepared to be used by God. That's why we do our DNA, draw closer to the Lord daily, never be ashamed of Jesus or his words, and always be ready to serve, which is always. That's what you got to have going on in your mind. Now, I'm not looking for perfect theology. I'm just trying to give you some basic pictures so you can go, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. That's like, it works this way. The truth of the matter is that the Holy Spirit is never going to depart from you, never going to leave you, but the less you sin, the better off you are. <laughs> I think that's fair. I, don't, I can't imagine anybody could argue with that statement. It'd be weird if you did. What, are you going to argue for sin? Okay. okay. You don't want to do that. Okay. All right. So uh, difference between in and upon, uh, be filled with the Spirit. That's on the inside. It does command you, by the way, to be filled with the Spirit. It doesn't give you an option. Just say, well, think about it. It's not the ten suggestions. 
And then the Lord has given 10 suggestions. Okay. We're done with that. Trivia. So I got to answer the trivia question. Poor Captain Chris has to watch me look over at him and give him all these little facials. Although it would make a good show if I, if, I, if I videotape it, wouldn't it? Oh, I'm entertained. <laughs> all right. When Abraham prepared to sacrifice Isaac and bound Isaac and placed him on the altar, what was between Isaac and the altar? Wood. The wood that Isaac was carrying was between Isaac and the altar. Ah, why is that important, Dave? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me. Because when Jesus was on the cross, what was between him as a sacrifice and the Father? The wooden cross. Wood. That's what was between it. And that sacrifice on that wood that Abraham offered, or he offered Isaac, and that sacrifice that Jesus offered himself on that cross that was made of wood, reflect one another and testify to each other. One of God's many ways that he testified in the Old Testament to the gospel grace of the love of Jesus Christ. Love it. That's so smart. Much smarter than you and I. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.